You're listening to the Candid Comms podcast with Rachel Miller. Tune in for practical advice and inspirational ideas to help you focus on all things internal communication related. Hello and welcome to the show. Today's episode is one of my favourite topics in the wonderful world of internal communication. We are talking about auditing your internal communication and as ever you will leave with one thing to know, one thing to do and one thing to think about. Are you ready? Let's get started. Auditing your internal communication is something that you will encounter if you are working in-house as an internal communicator. If you've not come across it yet, I promise you at some point in your career, you will. I want you to be fully prepared if and when the audit conversation rears its head. Now let's just bust the jargon before we move on. To audit, I like to break it down and think about the origin of the word audit. So audit comes from auditus, which means to listen or to hear. Now that I think is a brilliant mindset to be in when you're thinking about internal communication. So an audit of your internal communication, in order to be a successful audit, you need to be focused on listening. So an audit, very simply, is an opportunity to discover what's working or what's not inside your organisation. Something I think you need to know is the purpose, the point of why you are trying to audit your internal communication. Before we dive right in, let's be really candid and really, really frank. If you are investing in auditing your internal communication, you are investing time, money and effort. Whether you're doing it yourself or whether you're outsourcing it to somebody else, what you're committing to do, hopefully, is to do a deep dive to help you understand how internal communication happens. And the reason it's important to be really clear about the parameters up front in terms of why are we doing what we're trying to do is to help you keep on track. Now, something I encourage you to know is a hypothesis. My brilliant team and I at All Things I See conduct a lot of audits. We've recently completed our 20th audit of internal communication. And the approach that I always take is to be really, really clear. What is the business problem that we're trying to solve? Or what is the thing we're trying to prove or disprove? And I phrase that as a hypothesis. So imagine you and I are having a conversation about audits. I would ask you, what is it that you're trying to prove or disprove about the way communication happens inside your organisation. And a hypothesis could be all sorts of different things. You may feel, and this is normally a gut instinct, comes friends, this is normally an instinctive feeling that you have as the professional communicator inside your organisation. You may think that internal communication doesn't flow. You have a sense that at the very 
top levels, if you're a hierarchical organisation, that your leaders have a very clear understanding of what's going on inside the organisation and that conversations and communication and information appear to flow. However, you feel like your frontline workers, your employees, your deskless employees or your desk-bound employees don't feel like that. They don't know what's going on. There isn't a constant flow of information and communication and their voices aren't being amplified. So there's a disconnect between the layers of your organisation. That could be a hypothesis. So when you're thinking about auditing, I like to keep really, really focused. So the hypothesis in that situation is you do some kind of statement, which would be internal communication fails to flow at the levels of our organisation. Brilliant. That gives me, well, not brilliant, but that gives me a lens to look through because then I'll be looking for evidence. I'll be looking at, well, what does that mean? What does information flow mean for this particular organisation and how are your channels set up to aid the flow of information and turn it into communication? How are your leaders at communicating with all layers and levels of the organisation and with each other? It helps give me a framework. I often think of internal communication when you're creating rules and you're creating environments where your people can thrive and they can communicate. I often think of it as creating a flexibility within boundaries. You've probably heard me say that phrase before. I use it a lot in my work as an internal communicator. So I'm looking at what are the conditions inside this organisation? Or it might be another hypothesis could be our frontline workers don't trust our leadership. For example, that could be a hypothesis. You could have a sense that actually your frontline workers don't know them, don't like them don't trust them and therefore the internal communication isn't working because your people don't know, like and trust them. So then an audit will be looking at, well, how do we prove that? How do we look at what's going on inside the organisation and what our people are saying? So a hypothesis for me is really important because it keeps me focused. When you suddenly embark on auditing an organisation and particularly for my team and I as consultants, We love listening to organisations. We love discovering what's going on inside organisations and what makes you special and unique. And there are many, many rabbit holes that we could go down. Once you embark on listening, remember we're listening to audit is to hear. Once you embark on listening, whether that's surveys and you're doing quantitative feedback or whether you're doing qualitative feedback, via focus groups and discussions and one-to-one interviews, you uncover so much evidence. And it's really critical, I find, the first few audits that I ran, I didn't have a hypothesis in place. So I'm gonna share this with you, comms friends, so you can learn from my mistakes. If you just embark on auditing your internal communication, which is, we're just gonna figure out how internal communication happens, great, however, be prepared to have a lot of feedback that then you need to make sense of. You need to categorise it or you need to make sense of it perhaps in a report to play back to your board or your senior leaders and then to inform your internal communication strategy or an action plan. So top tip from me, comms friends, something you need to know is your hypothesis. So let me give you some examples. It might be that our frontline workers don't have the information they need to help them do their jobs. 
or it might be long-serving employees inside the organisation feel like change is done to them, not for them or with them. Or our new internal communication channel, whatever it might be, is not working efficiently. There are many different scenarios that you could come up with. And the reason why it's helpful to have a hypothesis, I find, is when you start to listen to colleagues, they start to tell you things that are important to them. So in the first few audits that I conducted, I found myself going down those rabbit holes. I found myself sitting in rooms with employees inside an organisation as a consultant and listening to them talking about the way internal communication did or didn't happen inside their organisation. And I was listening to what they told me was important. And particularly as a third party, I was taking it on board thinking, well, that sounds critical and, and that sounds super important. And, and also, oh, this is also important. Oh, and that. Oh, and that. And before I knew it, I had 10 or 12 things that felt really super important. What was missing was a focus. What was the lens that I was looking through? When it's too broad, it's really hard to then know what to prioritize, what to act on and how to delve deeper. So if you're auditing internal communication and you're running a survey, you might get a surface level response from people where you might get an insight into what's important to them. But where listening comes in, where your qualitative feedback comes in, is it enables you to dive deeper and it enables you to get some context, some colour, some variety, some richness to the insight that you've gathered through the quantitative data. And that is what we can act on, comms friends. So if you are thinking about auditing your internal communication, why? What is the business problem that you are trying to solve? Or what is the thing that you don't have evidence for that would be the useful lens to look through to audit your internal communication? Having a hypothesis helps you immensely it's very rare nowadays that my team and I will audit an organisation without a hypothesis in place. And that's because we want to keep laser focused. Your hypothesis is the hook that you keep hooking into. It's the conversation you have with stakeholders to unlock budget to do an audit, for example. It's also the hook that you create questions around. So when you are doing focus groups, say you're doing 10, 20, 30 focus groups inside your organisation, you're bringing your colleagues together either in person or virtually, you need to ask them the same questions. You need consistency across your audit. I find having a hypothesis in place super useful to keep me focused. I create questions that hook back into that hypothesis. If it feels like I'm trying to prove or disprove that information isn't flowing inside an organisation, then bearing that in mind when I'm creating the questions for the focus groups, make sure I am gathering the right evidence. I'm asking the right questions. And there's a bit of a science and an art to doing the questions inside an audit. In order to make the conversations work really well, they need to be consistent, which means not flooding a focus group with 10, 20, 30 questions. You'll never get through them. If you're running 30 focus groups and you have 30 questions in each focus group, 
that's not enough time to get through them all. So you might have one focus group answers five, one answers eight questions, one answers 12. It doesn't give you the data that you need at the end. So comms friends, less is more. When you're creating a focus group as part of auditing your internal communication, it is far better to be tight with your questions. When my team and I create audits here at All Things I See, we normally do eight to 10 questions maximum. We're really strict in terms of how many questions we're asking in focus groups. And that's because we want to make sure however many colleagues we're speaking to, however many employees are invited to focus groups, every single person who is invited to a focus group has the same opportunity to answer the same questions. That's massively important to us. And that's because having that consistency of approach means for you as the internal communicator, you've got a rich set of data where you know that a group of line managers and a group of frontline workers and a group of people in this particular country or that particular region or under that particular brand, they have all had equal opportunity to answer the same questions. It's massively important. So that's what we need to know. We need to know our hypothesis. We need to have our rationale, our reasoning that we can use to try and get sign off, to unlock budget and to have the time and availability to conduct an audit, whether you're doing it yourselves in house or you're outsourcing it. And you need to have real clarity in terms of what are we trying to prove or disprove through this audit process. The second focus of our conversation today is what you need to do. When you're thinking about auditing an organisation, you need to be open and transparent. Imagine that you're not an internal communicator and you suddenly become aware of groups of colleagues are being invited to go into rooms inside an organisation or to join calls and there's an external third party perhaps who are conducting these conversations. What would you think? Would you think, oh, there's some internal communication consultants who are doing an audit, or would you think something's going on, changes afoot, what's happening, and it would be very unsettling. So this is my recommendation. When you are auditing your internal communication, tell your employees that this is what you're doing. We build this in as part of our process at All Things I See of how we audit, is we help our clients know what to say to the business. Because, comms friends, we don't want our employees inside the organisation being anxious and worried that groups of people are squirrelling away inside conference rooms or on conversations on teams, perhaps, and having conversations without knowing what they're doing. Ultimately, when you're conducting an internal communication audit, you're trying to hear from as many people as possible. So lift the lid, be transparent and be open. So part of that messaging that we use with our clients is around, this is what we're doing as an in-house internal communication team. We are listening to colleagues because using the hypothesis, perhaps if you feel able to do that, we're curious to know whether communication is flowing at the right way or at the right time inside our organization. So we've asked some people to come and help us. They will be conducting focus groups, etc just lifting the lid and making it really clear. This isn't a secret. If you're auditing your internal communication to make it super successful, we want to hear from as many, many people as possible, whether that's through a survey or whether that's through focus groups, for example. 
So here's the thing to do. Make sure that you are being very open. This is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. And if you're conducting it yourselves internally, be very honest with yourselves in terms of whether you can be objective enough. I conducted a few audits when I was in-house and I'll be very candid with you, I found it really hard to sit on my hands and not want to correct people. When I was hearing them say comments like, oh, I've never seen internal communication or I don't think the internet's updated very much or I don't understand how the agendas are put together for the town hall. And if you're sitting in that room as a comms professional, it is so hard, particularly if you are facilitating that discussion, to not say, well, actually, we update the internet three times a week or oh, comms champions help us with the agenda for the town hall, whatever it might be. It is so hard to be impartial. It's not impossible, but it's really hard not to jump into the conversation and correct it. So you have a couple of options here. If you have colleagues internally who would be great at facilitating those conversations, perhaps a colleague in HR or learning and development perhaps, who you know could facilitate a discussion, keep it on track, get through all of the questions, excellent, why not ask them? If you feel like you're listening to that going, I don't think I could be impartial, oh my goodness, I'd want to correct them, then be kind to yourself and ask a colleague to facilitate the discussions. Or if you're listening to that and thinking, yeah, I reckon I could do it. Excellent. Do that. However you decide to conduct your internal communication audit, being very open about it is key. Part of that for me is thinking around who you invite to focus groups. So I like to do a 50-50 approach. I want to make sure that I've got a good representation across an organisation. I'm going to share a lesson learned from me. If you are doing focus groups with a group of colleagues who are maybe middle managers, shall we say, perhaps people managers, and they are all peers, for example, and they're all part of your focus group, but then you've got one senior manager who was unable to attend the senior manager focus groups and they decide to join the middle managers, the people managers, that will disrupt everything from experience. I find when you're in a group of peers, people feel open, they're able to communicate well with you and give you the insight you need to gather your evidence to prove or disprove your hypothesis. However, as soon as there is another person who's not in that peer group, so maybe a frontline worker or maybe a more senior person, it disrupts everything. I've found that people close down and they're not willing to talk. It doesn't feel like a safe space. And therefore, you as the internal communicator don't get the insight you need to help you make informed decisions or to gather the evidence against your hypothesis. So when you're trying to organise focus groups, you need to group people together. So they might be frontline workers or deskless workers or shift workers or from a particular location or a particular grade. You know better than me, comms friends, how your organisation works and what would make sense for the culture and makeup of your organisation. Be really clear when you are going out to do an audit internally, be really clear about the reason why you're doing it, be open and transparent, what you're trying to achieve, what you're hoping for from this audit, but also when you're communicating the fact that focus groups are happening and surveys are happening, you're inviting your colleagues to have their say. 
The final thought for me on what we need to do is when you're trying to be open and trying to be transparent and, and demystify what an audit is, why it's happening, what you're up to, how long it will take, is remember to respect the confidentiality of the people who've had all of the conversations with you. And the mindset for me and the mindset we have at All Things I See is a focus not on who said what, but what was said. So not who said what, but what was said. In other words, I will never attribute a comment to an individual inside an organisation. I might say in a discussion group, in a focus group with line managers, X was said. I might say that. Or I might say senior managers feel X, Y, Z. I won't say Rachel Miller from this particular organisation says X, Y, Z. I won't do that. Because when you're setting up a confidential environment where you're trying to encourage your employees to be open and honest and tell you the reality of how internal communication does or doesn't happen inside their organisation, you're asking them to be quite vulnerable and they're being in a very visible role where you're asking them to tell you what's and all, what's going on. There's a relationship there and a contract there where you are honouring the confidential nature of a focus group environment where up front you are reminding your colleagues why they're there, what the purpose is of the audit, perhaps what the hypothesis is that you're trying to prove or disprove, but you are also making yourself accountable, whether you are an in-house internal communicator or for my team and I as external internal communication consultants, we are honouring and respecting the confidential nature of our discussions. So the focus, again, is not on who said what, but what was said. So what are those key points that prove or disprove your hypothesis. If you were put under pressure, and I talked about this in the episode of how to be an ethical communicator, I talked about a scenario where I was put under pressure by a client to reveal who said what in a focus group and I utterly refused. I will share that link in the show notes, allthingsic.com forward slash podcast in the show notes for this episode. I refused to do that because I'd set up the conditions to allow employees to thrive and to create a confidential and a safe space. We need to honour that and we need to respect that. We need to really treat all of this information that colleagues are sharing with us and all of their feelings. We need to really honour it and we need to respect it because it's so valuable and it's so useful. We don't want them to feel like we're putting them in a difficult situation by pointing fingers and naming them in an audit report, for example. So that confidential nature of being ethical, you know, keeping our promises, making it clear, this is what we do, why we're doing it, this is how it's going to work, this is how your comments will be used, is so important. We're going to take a short break and when we come back, I will leave you with one thing to think about. See you in a moment. Comms is brought to you by All Things I See. My brilliant team and I offer consultancy, training and mentoring to help you thrive in your internal communication role. You can choose from online learning, in-person and bespoke courses. Topics range from measurement to strategy and how to be an internal communicator. See allthingsic.com for more information and use the code CANDIDCOMS at the checkout to save 10%. If you're struggling with your internal communication, help is at hand. We can mentor you, 
conduct audits, advise on your channels, and much more. Contact us via hello at allthingsic.com and we'll talk it through together. Welcome back. In the final part of today's episode, we're going to be focusing on one thing to think about. If you've conducted an internal communication audit before, what was the process that you went through? I've developed my own process here at All Things I See based on the 20 audits that I've conducted, particularly over the last 10 years. And throughout each stage, it's important to me that I have real clarity of what's gonna happen and what happens next. So we do a four stage process. We do a scoping phase, then assessing, then listening, and then reporting. The scoping phase is critical. It's where you decide what's in and what's out of scope. It's when normally you are looking at your hypothesis, for example, you're creating a hypothesis in this particular phase where you're looking at what are we trying to prove or disprove and how are we gonna keep on track? So you're really having a sense of, is now the right time to do this audit before you dive into doing the doing? Now to step out of that for one moment, Sometimes people do internal communication audits when they join an organisation. There may be a new head of internal comms or there's a new director of internal communication and they join an organisation and they want to know how internal communication happens. They want to know where the barriers are, where the blockers are, where the enablers are. They want to know how good their channels are. They want to know whether communication and information is flowing throughout the organisation at every level. So that's a really good time to do an internal communication audit. Or maybe people know that their budgets are going to be cut next year and they want to know how can we do more with less? How do we know what's working today? What do we need to prioritise for the future? Any of those scenarios. So then doing an audit to listen, to really gather evidence and understand, well, what does today look like? Helps you make informed decisions. Another scenario where an audit could be helpful is after a change. So maybe after a merger or acquisition, I conducted an audit for an organisation where they were about to have a new HR director and they knew that she was really interested in internal communication. And the internal comms team were quite immature in that organisation. It was newly established is what I mean by immature. So they wanted to have a sense of what was working and what wasn't because when the new HR director joined, their function would be reporting as a dotted line into her. So they wanted to be really clear to have evidence to be able to present to her to say, this is how internal communication happens here. So there's not a perfect answer of when the right time to audit is. Some of our clients repeat audits about every 18 months or every two years where they have a sense of this is how things are working, this is how things are going. They then do the audit, come up with an action plan, then they implement it and then they want to see whether all the recommendations and all the things they've been trying have been working. They want to understand the impact of all the investment that they've made to improve their internal communication. And the way to do that is to listen, is to conduct that same exercise again. So you can continuously improve and evolve your internal communication because you have regular insight. You are listening to colleagues to really truly understand what's working and what's not. So that audit process is scoping, assessing, listening and reporting. As part of the assessing phase, we often conduct desk research, which 
is the name that we've given it here at All Things I See, where we work from our desks to understand what's going on in your desks, in your organisation, where we'll be looking at things like your channels, we'll be looking at things like your email newsletters, or we'll ask for remote access to your intranet, for example, to watch recordings of your town hall. Uh, Sometimes we'll go in person to experience those in person, depending on what channels you're running and there's a myriad of different options available in terms of how we see how internal communication happens. But more often than not, we are working from our desks to look at what comes across your desk. It's probably the best way of describing that. And then the listening phase is where you are diving deep. You're doing focus groups. You are conducting surveys where you're really listening to your colleagues to really truly understand based on the hypothesis, based on the problem that you're trying to solve You're listening to your colleagues to really get their insights and their views and their input. And then all of that is consolidated. So we're clear what the channels are. We're clear how things happen. We're clear what people think about the way internal communication happens. And then we get into the reporting phase. Now this bit, I'm personally fascinated by this bit because the report is where We're bringing it all together and we're making sense of what's been said and what's been heard. So a report, a good, strong, structured audit report for me lives longer than just a playback. So a playback call typically is, in my scenario particularly, is my team and I meet with an in-house internal comms team and we play back. This is what we've heard. This is what your colleagues have said. This is what we've observed and this is what we recommend. Now, an investment of an audit is a lot in terms of time, money and effort, because to do an audit well, you have to invest in it. You have to create the time and the space. You have to give people permission to attend focus groups. You have to organise lists of people where you're putting a call out inside an organisation to say, we're running these focus groups. We encourage you to sign up. There's a lot of admin on behalf of the internal communication team as a whole that's often conducted by the in-house internal communication team. So it takes a lot of effort to create an audit and to run an audit, but the payoff is huge because you then have all of the evidence, all of the insight to help you make informed decisions and help you know what to do next. The purpose of an audit report is to bring together all those disparate bits of information in one place where it's actionable. And we often write out our prioritised findings. So not just a playback of here's all the feedback from the focus group, but my team and I prioritise. These are the four or five things which we think will give you the biggest return on investment if you focus on them. It might be you need to improve this particular channel or you need to change the timing of this particular town hall, for example, or you need to train up this particular leader to be better at delivering change communication and encouraging responses, for example, or you need to create employee personas because your factory workers don't feel connected at all. And you need to do further work to really truly understand based on what we've heard in focus groups, we've got a sense of who they are, how they work, what's important, what they need. But we might recommend that more work goes into that particular area because that will unlock the success of internal communication in that organisation. So having prioritised findings is really important because you need to do something with it. So what we need to think about is the outcome. What's going to happen as a result of auditing? 
An audit should be a means to an end, not only to prove or disprove a hypothesis, but to help you take action. If your audit just lives in an audit report, which some of ours, when they're large organisations, multiple languages, multiple sites, can result in a very lengthy audit report where everything's in there. All the questions that we've asked, the summary of the responses that we got, the survey stats that have come out. We could be talking 50, 60, 70 pages. That's huge. So what's really important to me and to my team is how do we help internal communicators do something with all of that insight? So this is where being able to prioritize your findings and have an action plan makes sense. So throughout an audit report, we will make recommendations constantly. This is working, this isn't, this is what we think. Here's some industry best practice, here's some insights. And then we come to conclusions and recommendations and action plans. And often we categorize them. So they'll be throughout a report and then we'll categorize them. And the language we like to use is quick wins and longer term solutions. So what are your quick wins? These are amazing to know. You've heard so much, we've gathered so much evidence, whether you're doing it yourselves or you're asking someone like me to do an audit for you, you'll have heard so much. And there'll be some things that you could implement today, next week, this month, that will have an impact in the way internal communication happens inside your organization. Those quick wins are really important. I talked earlier about being open and being transparent and communicating with your organization. Something I really encourage you to think about is how you follow up. So you're going back to the people who are part of focus groups and you're saying thank you. Thank you for attending the focus groups. This is what the feedback has shown us and this is what we're prioritizing, for example. Or the classic, and we've all done it, comms friends, you said, so we're doing, or you said, so we did, where you're reflecting back. Thank you for investing time with us in doing this audit. Thank you for giving your insight to the internal communication team. Here's what we're doing as a result. These are the actions that we're going to take. Don't underestimate that, comms friends. If you've set it up really well and you've been really clear up front, this is what we're doing, this is why, this is how to get involved, close that loop at the very end. But make sure that you help your people understand how, if you started that conversation with them and you're showing that you're open to their input and you're showing that it you care and that it matters how they feel about the way communication happens inside the organization, then make sure it's really clear as a call to action how they can continue giving you feedback. So it's not just a one and done, an audit. An audit should be a continual conversation in your organization. So you've done the audit, you've done the listening, you've done the scoping, the assessing, the listening, the reporting, you've got your action plans, make sure that you then keep the business updated three months from now, six months from now, nine months from now, 12 months from now. What are you gonna do as a result of the insights that you've gathered from your internal communication audit? How are you gonna keep the promises that you've made? And how can people on a day-to-day basis continue giving feedback about the way communication is happening? If you want to learn more about audits, do get in touch with us. You can get in touch via hello at allthingsic.com. You can ask questions and we can help you think about how to audit your internal communication and share even more lessons learned with you. 
hope you found this episode useful. As ever, I love hearing from you. You can find me online. Why not look me up, Rachel Miller on LinkedIn. I'm Rachel All Things I See on Instagram. Or why not send me a message via the website, hello at allthingsic.com. I'd love to know what you are taking away from this episode and what you hope to do differently as a result of listening to Candid Comms. And remember, what happens inside is reflected outside. See you again soon.